Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Build Your Network. I just want to give you all a heads up. The episode that you're about to listen to is actually an episode from my other show called World Class. Over on World Class, we reverse engineer the habits, the behaviors, the thought processes of people who are world-class in their field. So while Build Your Network really focuses on business and entrepreneurship, over on World Class, we're really starting to venture outside of just that space to talk with entertainers and performers and athletes and uh, journalists and all of the above. Anybody that's world-class, we're talking to over on World Class. So if you like what you hear on this episode, be sure to, whatever podcast player you're listening to this episode in, uh, be sure to search for World Class uh, with me, Travis Chapel, and uh, hit subscribe. Leave us a quick rating and review over there on the other show. If you like the interviews here on Build Your Network, then I promise you you're going to get a lot out of the interviews that we do over on World Class. Um, so enjoy this episode. We're going to give you all a preview of, of the show with, with the episode that you're listening to right now. So um, we're going to cut it off about halfway through. If you want to listen to the rest of it, then head over to World Class, and I'll see you over there. Appreciate you all, and we will chat soon. From World Class Media, this is World Class. I'm your host, Travis Chapel. Here on World Class, we combine value, entertainment, and behind-the-scenes insights to bring you the most comprehensive view of what it takes to become world-class in what you do. Listen in every week as I have conversations with top business leaders, journalists, hostage negotiators, authors, comedians, producers, you name it. If they're the best at what they do, 
I'll have a chat with them. I believe that the best way to become world-class is to learn from those who already are. And that's exactly what we do here on the show. You'll learn the skills that you need to master, the mindset that you need to adopt, the work you need to put in, all from people who have walked the road before you. So get ready to learn, be motivated, and most importantly, have a good time because you're listening to World Class. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm really excited to bring on the guest. I know I always say that, but uh, it seems to be true every single time that I do it. But this one is a little bit unique because this is somebody that I've been following for years now, before I even got into this podcasting scene, this personal development world. Um, I was doing this guy's workouts at home even before I uh, before I got married. After I stopped playing college basketball, I was gaining a little bit of weight, and I wanted to lose some weight before I got married, and I was doing this guy's training programs at my house. So um, this one was really cool for me to be able to drive out to his place out in Arizona and get this one done. Now, this is going to be a little bit unique because um, the second half of the file got corrupted. So we are actually re-recording the second part of this interview. And so we're splitting this up into two parts. So this one is going to be part one. So who is this? If you haven't guessed by now, you've probably seen it on my social media. Um, This is Sean T. Sean is an American motivational speaker, fitness trainer, fitness motivator, businessman, television personality, and choreographer. And he's best known for his home fitness programs for adults, which include T25, Insanity, and Hip hop abs. If you have not taken one of these programs, I promise you it will kick your butt. <laughs> I used to be one of those guys that just wanted to play basketball and then go lift heavy things. And then uh, I took some of Sean's programs, and man, they they absolutely destroy me every time. I'm just like left laying on the floor for a couple of minutes, just completely covered in sweat. Um, and I promise that they will be worth your time for sure. So uh, Sean and I talk about a range of different things. We start off with how he overcame sexual abuse as a child and heading into his teenage years. Uh, We talk about what led to his first contract with Beachbody. And then we'll talk about which program of his that he liked the best or not necessarily liked the best, the one that means the most to him because we kind of went back and forth on it and I I made him pick one because he didn't want to pick one. Um, But uh, I think you guys will enjoy that part of the interview. So, so many different things that we get into and uh, Sean is an expert on so many different topics. And so I can't wait to share that conversation with you. Sean, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for uh, letting me come out to the crib here and get this done. I actually like that I'm getting interviewed on someone else's podcast in the Transformation Center. Yes. It's just, I love when people come here. You know, I travel. I, I'm, I've been guests on podcasts a lot of times that are on the phone. But to get people to come into the energy we provide here is is pretty dope. So, so much better. I thank you for driving all the way out here. That's dedication and commitment. So thank you. Of course, whatever brings the top quality content, that's what we're looking for. I like it. So, bro, you have so many amazing parts to your story. So I kind of want to dive in here and build a little bit of context. Take me back and set the scene for what it was like day in the life for 10-year-old Shanti. Oh, 10-year-old Shanti, day in the life. I mean, back then, I was battling the biggest secret of my life. And some people might be like, oh, well, you you were only 10 years old. But in a very profound way, I actually had to grow up really fast just from being sexually abused in my own home every day and having to wake up and hide a major part of me. And I believe that 10-year-old Sean was basically living like an iceberg. Whereas in an iceberg, you only see 10% of the iceberg and what's happening underneath is is 
a lot of what's going on. And so that was me waking up every day, putting on a smiling face and trying to, again, maneuver my way, going to school, making an honor roll, playing sports, finding moments of my day to be happy, trying to stay outside and play as long as possible because I knew or in a way I didn't know what was going to happen at two o'clock in the morning when I went to sleep. Uh, It was very interesting because I always wanted to sleep in my brother's room and he always used to be like, why do you want to sleep with me? You know, he was an older brother. My older brother, he's only one year. So we were kind of like twins in a way, but I always wanted to sleep in his room and he would be like, no, like get out. Like, why do you want to sleep in my room? And you know, Partly was because I, I mean, I really loved him. I mean, having an older brother was awesome. I really looked up to him. But the other portion of that was because, you know, it was a nightmare happening in my room very often. And so it was, it was really tough to kind of maneuver my way through that. And so even though he told me no, it was just very hard to go to sleep. But, you know, I would wake up and I would push through and I would go and I would just, you know, keep myself busy, still not knowing what was going to happen. And so it was a very stressful life. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about kind of the perspective there, because as adults, we can sit down and have a conversation and be like, okay, what was happening was clearly wrong. And like... There's an obvious answer, like should have told somebody, right? As a little kid, you only have one context, one perspective through which to view the world, right? Right. Like one lens, if you will. And your lens at that particular point was like this authority figure who's supposed to be somebody who loves me, cares about me, is doing things that like I'm pretty sure aren't okay, but... Who do I tell about that? How do I get out of this situation? Can you talk about like how that kind of worked itself out? Yeah, um, worked itself out later in life, you mean, because obviously it didn't happen. But I think coming out of that initial stage of going through that abuse was, I mean, it kind of goes back to survival of the fittest, right? It's, you know, you have fight or flight. And a lot of people fight through it or they run. And so for me, it was a kind of a combination of both. I had to figure out what are my resources to get out of here? And again, I'm talking as a 40-year-old man now, but back then I didn't know exactly what that was. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters 
is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And this is when like you're eight, nine, ten? Um, I'm now about 14 years old okay but it had been it had been happening for years it had been happening from the time it happened from the time i was eight to the time i was 12 so and this might be a little graphic to a lot of people but i'm very transparent it wasn't until i was had my first orgasm you know that this person stopped which later in life i realized that he was a complete pedophile you know so the pain literally like he went through puberty and he was like i'm done yeah the minute i had my first ejaculation, it was, I'm done, which it's so wild in a young person's mind, because for me, this stopped happening and I had dealt with it and made myself and my life comfortable with it happening. So then when it happened and when I had my first orgasm and he stopped, you go through a sense of abandonment, to be quite honest. So then, you know, where a lot of people have their their first breakup as a high schooler and they're kind of going through that, like I had my heart broken. For me, it was by my, you know, perpetrator, my molester. So, you know, so from the time I was like 12 to the time I was 14, I was going through that. And then when I realized that, you know, it was really affecting me a lot when I turned 14, I actually you know, devise a plan to move out of my house because it just, it was just so toxic in there. Well, you're still still trying every day to like, just pretend like nothing happened, right? Because did, was he, he was still present? He was still present. Uh, I was trying every day to pretend like nothing happened, but the, that's the dichotomy of it all is I'm still, I'm now trying to get the attention. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So So formed an attachment. Right. So in a sense, when you're young, you're saying to yourself, and when it's happening, this shouldn't be happening. This is wrong. But when it stops, because you've invested so much time to protect this person and this situation and this secret, now you're saying to yourself, well, I invested this much. You know, why, why are you allowed to now control the situation and, and leave? And um, I mean, it was, it was very heavy. Yeah. At what point? At what point was he out of the picture? Uh, He actually wasn't out of the picture initially until I moved out of my house at 14 years old. And then, so for me, that was me getting away. And then it's a really interesting question because I don't know if, you know, he ever was really out of the picture or is now, but I think in body, that was the first time. And then... When I graduated from high school and went to college, you know, it separated a bigger distance. But really, I felt like he was out of my life completely with clarity when my mother actually got him out of her life. And that even took 
a very dramatic moment because he actually held a gun to her head. And that was the strength that she needed to actually say, okay, I need to get away. And so, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So coming out of of all that situation, you're 14 years old and you say like, I'm going to, I need to get out. I need to get out of this environment. So you go to grandma and grandpa mm-hmm. and say, hey guys, I want to help around the house, kind of like help you guys with some chores or something, like be nice to have a young kid around, right? So you come up with this idea, this plan, you execute and you go live with grandma and grandpa. Can you talk to me about like the feeling that you had, like the first night that you were there? Yeah. So it was really, it was actually the most profound uh, moment in my life and the most emotionally driven experience I've ever had because, well, my grandfather's a pastor of a church. Mm. And what kind of a church? Uh, it was kind of Baptist, non denominational, if you will. Okay. It was Christian. Okay. Um, so he, you know, he always prayed. Like that was the thing. We prayed before dinner, we prayed after dinner. <laughs> We prayed when something went good. We prayed when something went bad. We prayed before we drove off in the car. You know, we prayed all the time. And so my first night there, I mean, I was feeling so relieved that I was just away from this life that I was living. A second night to my grandparents, I was super, I had my own room. And then for the first time, I didn't like, you know, crave to have my brother's you know, safety net, yeah, if you will. Protection. And I remember getting into bed. The lights were still on. My grandparents were in their room, which is a couple of doors down. It was on the other side of the house upstairs. And I just started crying like the loud, like as if I was getting a spanking, you know, it was just so loud. And they both came running into my room and, you know, just started praying. They, they just, I felt like they knew something was, just not right. And I do know for a fact that they always have reservations about what I like to call my step monster. And um, it was just so peaceful. It, it was that moment that was really peaceful. It was a, it was a six year cry. Yeah. Is what it was like, just finally just it break the dam. Break, like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was like the iceberg melted, right? Like you, it's like I reached warm water. It was, I felt like comfort. And uh, I woke up the next day and I can tell you this, it was such a shift from waking up that next day. My grandfather would probably say it was the prayer. (laughs) For me, it was just, it was like, I was proud of myself for getting through it. I was proud. I think I was more proud of the fact that I could see the future and to be very uh, transparent, I guess, is the word, but actually, my grandfather talked a lot about being born again. You know, for Christians, it's once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you're born again, you are forgiven for all your sins. And, you know, I woke up that next day and I was like, oh, this is what born again feels like. Hmm. Yeah. You know, for but, me. But not in a spiritual context, more in a. I mean, it was in a spiritual context, maybe not in biblical context, right, right. you know? Okay. So, gotcha. yeah. Gotcha. So you're now in high school, 14 years old. Sports, academics, what was your what was your jam in high school? Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting question. My jam was actually finally releasing my personality. Really? That okay. was my jam. What do you mean by that? 
I was such a quiet person in elementary school and middle school and then going to high school. And I remember going to high school that first day and I was in a new space. I actually felt like I was speaking, you know, because before it was like I was speaking, but it was so heavy. Now I felt like I was speaking with air and life. And so I was able to like showcase my personality. So I think that was my jam. I mean, I joined the choir. I I was a track athlete. I um I ran track, you know, all three off cross country, indoor and outdoor. That was a thing that I loved. I didn't play basketball or uh, football anymore because I just fell in love with with track and field so much, like it was crazy. And then I was also president of the E Race Club, which uh, it was called End Racism and Sexism Everywhere, and that was kind of like my intro to actually movement in terms of rhythmic movement, because as the president of that club, you had to be the captain of the drill team too. So, and we ran all of the pep rallies out in the football field and the basketball court. So it was really well-rounded. And then I became a part of student government. Um, I was a vice president of my class for a few years and then actually kind of produced and developed my own TV show in school. Yes. And so at the end of the day, so we, I don't know if you remember, um, you know, Anderson Cooper and Lisa Ling, they were on Channel One. It was our, our okay. news station in school. And uh, I just wanted to be Anderson Cooper so bad, but they only did Channel One in the morning. And so uh, I went to the AV department. I was like, you know, I really think, you know, you should let me do the, the, the afternoon news. And they hadn't, they hadn't done it before. And what was really interesting is they were like, okay, so before they let me get on camera, I had to go do the morning announcements in the office. So where the secretary would do the morning announcements over the PA system and stuff, the loudspeaker. So then, you know, they started letting me do the morning announcements. And I guess because I was good at the morning announcements, then they put me on camera. And I remember I used to have my sheet there, had all my notes. And for people who've done my workouts, almost Almost all of my workouts, you know, I would end with my name is Shanti, peace out. And mm-hmm. so that started way back in high school. Like that's when that's when oh, started. Really? Yes. <laughs> so crazy. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group, dozens of video lessons on networking, monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just $99 a month. So head over to BYNInnerCircle.com to jump in. That's BYNInnerCircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. See you next time. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.